Hello, and welcome to Redacted Roulette. Once again, we're here to discuss Metropolis, as picked by the lovely Delson. Who? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's me. Bitch. Not the Continue. super old movie, by the way. The, Not the, the super anime old. one. Yeah, the anime mm-hmm. one. The anime one. From like 2001, uh, I think it was on like MTV like four times or maybe like several times. Is that how you found out about it? It was on like some random TV station on loop for whatever reason. I I don't know. It wasn't like the generic ones like Cartoon Network or the Disney Channel because obvious reasons. But I liked the V in front of that. Honestly, it could have been on MTV back in the day when MTV was cool yeah i'm not i'm gonna sign with delson and say it's possible <laughs> i was yeah, a okay. child. i didn't watch anything but like national geographic and pbs for a long time <laughs> so i wouldn't and that's know why you, but and that's why you're really smart it all adds up together <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of these Probably. like anime movies or shows just get aired like randomly on tv i mean Especially back in the day. Back in the D. Yeah, those were the good times. When they actually used to... I feel like Akira was also played like several times on oh, super old TV. For sure. I would not be yeah. surprised. Yeah. Akira is like prolific enough that a lot of like people who don't watch anime, like some some of Still them know, know what it is. I have a really Absolutely. big manga of like Akira never looked at it i bought it purely on recommendation because it was like ten dollars on sale and i've whoa i'm just saying hey hey, (laughs) if you're trying to like make five dollars like i i can take those off your hands i got a little i got a library (laughs) building up over here so uh it'll be it'll be the next special special boy present now metropolis (laughs) metropolis is niche enough that like i don't think you like, like maybe you saw it randomly, but you might have seen like gifs of it, like aesthetic gifs, because the main character has those pretty Tezuka Osamu eyes, and she's real cute. has a has a good outfit. Got a favorite outfit. You may also have uh, been browsing YouTube and have seen <laughs> the like seventeen minute long video of just rock in oh yeah rock things just shooting shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, before yeah, we get a little too far into this, <laughs> I we're really excited. Should, like, introduce ourselves or something, huh? Who even does that? Probably. Hi, my name's Minnow. It's real nice to meet y'all. It's my fault uh, that I... this podcast has been delayed so long. I live in Texas. Uh, we had that disgusting power outage. I promise not to bring it up for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'll go second. I'm Delson. Uh, all of you guys remember me because I, I don't know. I, I I do things and have spoken once or twice about opinions and shit. Um, I'm also rated in the top one percent on OnlyFans. D three LTA Dixie on OnlyFans. Um, you can check that out. Got some good cosplay related content on there too. And you know, remember the E is a three. The E is the E is a three. I don't know if I added the rhyme in when I said that just now. If I didn't, I I don't know. Nick also, nothing later. we say here is legally binding, so this can't be uh, libel or anything like that. So just pointing that out. Just Thank you. Pointing that out. Wow. <laughs> Fair use or something. I don't know. 
Yeah, some some whatnot. YouTube protection. I'm Cristiano. You probably recognize me by my janky voice. <laughs> um, that's it. Cristiano, your voice is iconic. Don't let anyone know <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> iconic in the fact that you can't understand man. what I'm saying. Cristiano, if you were a voice actor and you played any role whatsoever, you would be like, I don't even, name some prolific ones. Um, I would say, like, <laughs> honestly, uh, Mercer of the future will be discovered from this podcast, and it will be. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. Or that no. guy from the Power Rangers, the red one, I don't remember what his name is, but he plays, like, Johnny Young, <laughs> every, every shonen character ever. You could be the next Johnny Young, but like you know, except whatever you know, character type, you couldn't understand the character. But you'd be like, "Hey, that's a funny voice." That's all but... you need, to be honest. That's all you need. <laughs> uh, and I'm Nick. <laughs> yeah, who are you? Yay! Bravo! Well done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, moving on from that. Because like intro, and then like <laughs> looks at their cat, Sucks. and it's like, uh. <laughs> like yeah, I have a kitty cat. I love her so much. No, don't get too wholesome. Don't get too wholesome. Anyway, we're here to on. talk about anime boys who should never have been given guns. God, yeah, or at least the one. So, so full if- disclaimer: we did not like record this right after watching it. We watched. Like, oh my gosh, hey, I don't know. At the end of January. It was three weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, something like that. It has been a full month. So I'm pretty sure everything that's going to come out of my mouth is just something that I'm like vaguely remembering. Um, and that is. The wiki open. Yeah, I haven't looked <laughs> anything up ready. since then. So uh, I'm going to be relying on say, you. I just want to add this to the, to the record. I watched it yesterday to prepare for today. Oh, man. I have a bad memory, I have notes prepared and i'm still gonna sound like an entire dumbass so uh somewhere in my brain i was gonna watch fritz fritz lang's metropolis but it it never happened i was like i'm gonna be cool and swag more prepared you could have been even more prepared for the for the discussion yeah made and have made i have not made any such promises so i'm gonna sound i'm gonna say whatever comes to my mind and you're gonna be thankful for it so before we get to that part, Delson, you did, you were the most special boy, and you did get to decide that we watched this. Would you like to give a cute little snot, plot synopsis? God, snot, synopsis, God, snot, I can't talk. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Metropolis, all right, um, it's this really cool movie, made in 2001. I have the IMDb out right now, so that's that's the only way that I'm going to be able <laughs> to properly, to properly describe it. Um, As it says... Hey, you know what? This is all bullshit. Uh, you got these two guys. Uh, uh, you got a an uncle and a young man. Um, a detective uncle, might might I add, a detective uncle and a young man going to investigate uh some random scientist dude in a uh, futuristic city. I don't even remember what the name of the city was. Uh, again, watched it yesterday. Great. Um, we're gonna call it Metropolis. the The city is now known it, as Metropolis. It's called Metropolis. Isn't it literally Metropolis? That's the yeah. So that's got, the red thing is the ziggurat in Metropolis. <laughs> yeah. So uh, these two detective and kid go to Metropolis to investigate some like mad scientist dude who's building a fancy smancy robot. Uh, the robot is uh being sold to like I don't know the Duke or some. Sh- I honestly I don't know how to fucking there's. 
It's okay. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. Robot from yeah. the Duke. Keep going. Keep going. Rock shows yeah, up. There's, there's a guy. There's a kid with a gun who has like a lot of fucking issues in trouble. <laughs> like he a, should a never lot of have been issues. given a gun. Yep. Yeah. Who, uh, he works for like the Duke who has so much power. He's like the popular guy who owns a militia of uh, of crime stopping robot haters. I guess. I don't know. There are a lot of robots in the city of Metropolis, too, and they uh, just do, like, basic labor in all of that nonsense. And, uh, man, I really just don't know how to, like, synthesize this without describing the entire no, movie. Think, There's, like, I a lot of depth. You're doing, you're doing okay. You're doing okay. I think that's a good cutoff before the big spoilers of Robot City. The Duke has gotten this special robot made. The detective and the boy are there. That sets, that's yeah, the those are all the important all, characters. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's, we can think about it in that there's like a lot of different political elements at play. There's a lot of different oh God, interests, yeah. things like that. Mm. We don't have to necessarily describe all of them until they're relevant. Yeah, but I think that's good before the big spoiler. I think so too. And we just true, true, true. Because we're second disclaimer. <laughs> We're going to speed run this because it's kind of late for all of us. I have work tomorrow. Yeah. We all have work tomorrow. <laughs> I don't yeah. need the handicap. I have work tomorrow, but I'm also have been napping all day, so I'm full of energy. So, Pog. Cristiano, secretly Damn. a cat in disguise. Um, to let him fool you with the voice. But I guess I <laughs> let's cut to it. Cristiano, you've got all the energy. You can yeah. share your thoughts and feelings first. Okay. Um. So heading into this, I was so well. I had I haven't watched Fritz Lang's Metropolis. I have. I've consumed the plot and and themes of that movie by osmosis, by hanging around in a film classes, um, to know that like, it's a German expression. German expressionist film about class struggle, um, and I know the the two this animated movie uh, does have like some of the similar themes of like yeah, there's like some like kind of a robot worker class and they're kind of being exploited by these scientists or in political figures to like Real quick before you keep going, okay <laughs> when when sorry when did when did Fritz Lang's Metropolis come out. Okay. Uh, nineteen twenty-seven. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I was just wondering because I think the Metropolis, the Metropolis manga came out in like the fifties or something. Oh yeah, forty-nine. Hell yeah! I knew it was early. So sorry, I just was wondering what the what the time relation on those were. Yeah, if it's a German expressionist film, that's like pretty early on in the film. Uh, I know uh, nothing about. But uh... (laughs) thank you. Sorry for anyway. Okay, uh, although I think there are some... Tech- anyway, back on track. So, yeah, there's some elements of crash- class struggle, but in general, I found, like, the animated movie has, like, a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, there's, like, some general, like, anime stuff of... Oh, yeah, also, wait, okay, also, another main point is, like, the main robot slash human, like, humanoid robot that's in this film, I, what's her name in, in this animated Tima? film? Tima. Yeah. Uh, usually, I believe they're both used in both this film and, and the 
old film as kind of like, you know, they're kind of tying in the main themes with the narrative. Like she is the pinnacle of whatever scientific advancement and that the fact that she is like a humanoid robot that also, I guess, powers a ziggurat and can control all robots. Uh, it gets pretty anime at the end there. Uh, face melts. But, uh, yeah. Uh, it's interesting to, to see, like, like, the imagery, like, animation imagery of just being able to have, like, robots in, like, a futuristic city, while, like, a lot of scenes from the old Metropolis film have to use, like, clever cinematography to make it seem like it's a futuristic city. Um, or, like, they use, like, I think they have, like, some painted stuff. Probably. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say so. If there's any, like, if, if I chance is like a like an actual film master who's watching listening to this podcast, uh, we apologize. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Again, nothing we say is legally binding. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there because uh, I I think I'm getting on to a ramble. But yeah. So overall thoughts like did you, did you, oh like that was that was very my. My brain was a yeah. total mess that whole movie because, uh, <laughs> like every every like narrative, so Rock is like the main antagonist in that like he every time like something's happening he shows up with a literal gun and like yep. points a gun at somebody, <laughs> um, yeah. which is you know, it's yeah uh, the, the literal smoking gun concept <laughs> where it's not a figurative smoking gun, it's a literal smoking gun <laughs> that's used every scene. And his narrative is tied with, like, not, it's not, like, class joke at all. It's just, like, he has, like, some issues going on with his, he's, like, he's an adopted the worst son daddy of, issues in the world. Yeah. Uh, God. His struggle, or really... the daddy issue struggles. Okay, Cristiano, you would understand <laughs> if you had bad daddy issues like Rock. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you would feel seen. Like, I, really I need to feel seen by too. shooting. Yeah, he shoot. He shot like at least four civilians and then a bunch of robots. But it really, his case is really. He was messed also up. called a Nazi by like. What, three was people. he called a Nazi? I don't know. Was really, he really? I, I'm pretty sure he was called either a Nazi or a fascist by the detective guy. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He was yeah. a fascist. I mean, he's like the like the whole allegory of like the robot hate, you know, like racism allegory to a certain extent, right? So like these people hate the robots and the robots are the like oppressed minority so like we get like he's a nazi because he hates all robots right so like yeah there we go maybe it was just anti-gun propaganda <laughs> like this is what happens when people have guns they just shoot everybody for no reason you know i was curious about the entire gun concept too because like rewatching it i was like they have an entire Hold on, hold like, on, Christiana. What? Did you like the movie? Uh. <laughs> Before we cut away from this whole. Sure. Point. Yeah. 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 It's a. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't like. I wasn't. It's not like my favorite movie of all time, but like, it's not bad, uh, and I enjoyed it. And. Uh, I'm glad. I'm. Sh I think if I watched it, in context with like other like like 2001 stuff, it was probably really. It looked really good. 
Um, it did look really good. And uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, that's it. But as so, I was gonna say, before I was, you know, cut off real quick. I just want to add to Cristiano's point of the entire gun thing. Uh, looking back, so they have like you know they ha- they have the ziggurat, which is like a a big space weapon. Not even a space weapon. It's just a big fucking tower that shoots. I, I believe they described a laser that hits the sun, creating a sunspot that bathes the entire Earth in radiation. Like that is how fucking it was described. Up- yeah, fucking up robots and all that stuff. But they still use guns to take out, like, the robots that are, I don't know, dysfunctional or whatever. You would think that they would have, like, I don't know. Lasers? EMPs? Like, I don't even, like, anything that would not injure a human being unintentionally. Well, they because so, like, like want to intentionally injure people, right? They're fascists. They're not, like, genuinely invested in this concept like if they yeah. if somebody comes up to them they're gonna want to also shoot the the per- rock <laughs> main like, example rock is- he wants to also shoot people right like yeah emps would not be useful to him because uh that man wants to murder but again that is Chelsea, true how did you yeah. feel about the movie before we deep dive into rock shooting people with guns instead of a laser cannon <laughs> <laughs> Well, I enjoyed the movie. It it was very uh it was very pretty. Um I enjoyed the narrative, the characters. Uh I really enjoyed the illustrations in the backgrounds though. Um absolutely top. Uh I don't know what else. Oh, also the music. It was very consistently like either melancholy or jazzy, and that's a a really great vibe. And I think as uh Cristiano mentioned earlier, like I don't know remember how you said it exactly, but uh the movie is supposed to be like set not like not even i'm I was trying to think of the right right uh, the right way to word this but like the movie is set in like a futurist has like a futuristic tone to it with like you know all the robots and the fucking uh uh lasers and all that crazy stuff but at the same time is still most likely set in in like i guess our reality 1950s to 70s with like again with the the music and i don't even know they had like fucking radios and shit so i was just like i don't know how that balances itself it, it, it was weird but at the same time very enjoyable to look at um or to think about uh also i don't know if anyone out there has, has played the game Bioshock, but it's my favorite game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when come in. Yeah, baby. It's my favorite game of all time and has the exact same themes because I don't fucking know. The original Metro- German Metropolis was uh, influential for its time. It has numerous reflections throughout throughout history or whatever. But uh, yeah, very enjoyable movie. Uh Someone put Rock in therapy and stop giving him weapons. Um, Someone put Rock I, in jail. Like, <laughs> like both. Well, he's dead, so you know. Uh, yeah, felt bad for him in the end. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, that that those those are my overall thoughts. Good good film. I would watch it again. I would give it like a solid seven out of ten. I would watch it a third time probably like in four to five months when it stops giving me feels and I stop thinking about it. Uh, yeah. Okay. 
Oh, Nick Minnow. Well, I, I don't mind going. I the the first thing that I have to say about it is that when I was in high school, I watched a lot of like kind of esoteric anime films and like read a lot of manga that I was like, yeah, this feels deep. But like I wasn't really paying attention because it was probably three AM and I probably had a fever. And, like, this watching experience felt a lot like that for me. Like, I'm not saying it was bad. I enjoyed it. It was really pretty. There was a lot of moments where I was like, yeah, this is, like, I'm I, something is happening here for sure. At the same time, it took a lot. Like, the pacing was really interesting. The way that the plots was, the plots, I say, because there's, like, all these different characters and motivations, were playing out was, like, pacing. Pacing was interesting. I felt like it took a really long time to do a lot of stuff, but at the same time, I was like, "Oh my god, did a revolution just happen?" Um, and that could have been the that could have been the buffering, to be honest. But also at the same time, it did feel like it had this slow pace where they were trying to take time to get to know the characters, while at the same time, like we were speeding through these like really crazy events. So it's sort of like in my mind in this like floating space where it doesn't exist as like a really, really strong storyline where I'm like, like, oh yeah, this is that moment. This is that moment. But like, just, it was more of like an experience of what was happening rather than me being like, yes, I'm watching a movie about this specific thing. So I enjoyed it for that. Like, I feel like I would sit down and watch it um, and like really just want to like sit with it but at the same time, I wasn't like one of the like most fantastic movies I've ever watched. Like there was a lot of moments that were like kind of taken away from me because I was like, I want very deeply to care about Tima. But like, what has mm-hmm. she really done? Like, I, yes, she's like a victim she of learned... everything that's going on. But speak? God, she can say like four words. One of them is what's his what's his face's name? The Kenichi. main detective. Yeah. And so like I I have this like overall empathy for her as like a creature in this situation who like is very confused and has been dropped into this world that has all these like violence prejudice oppression like class struggle race struggle in terms of like robots and such and she's like what's happening i just want to hang out with this cute boy i met um but also at the same time like i don't feel like i have a lot of personal connection to her i feel like her character is very limited. I think it's not quite the same, but there's there's the I referenced this when we watched it too. It's like the born sexy yesterday trope where it's like fully fledged person comes out and like they're a child but they're also an adult and it doesn't quite fall into that trope. So it like doesn't really bother me that much. But it, it has the same vibes where it's like we have this character that's like dropped into this world and then is like exists for the person like romance interest person. So not exactly the same but i also felt like i was at the end i was like i'm sad because this is sad but also what did you really do tima what did you really do like i get it i but also um i felt like she there was more connection the one time <laughs> that's true I and she, she didn't had. care she had like <laughs> it meant nothing to her <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I do, like, think that what it was was interesting and, like, the way they approached it was interesting. And also having, like, read, consumed, been exposed to a lot of, like, other Tezuka works, like, it makes sense for me. And, like, I know what he was going for and it reads, like, some of his other characters. And, like, I get the themes, I get the messages. 
I'm also like, can we do something with her? Because I want to be sadder that she died, but I'm just not as sad as I want to be. <laughs> so I probably would have been like really sad in high school, but I'm slightly less sad now because I've consumed so much other media. Um, but yeah, I do like it. I would recommend a watch, um, but I also wouldn't be like, this is my favorite movie. I'm going to rewatch it all the time. But if somebody's like, hey, want to watch Metropolis? I'd be like, yeah, okay. Get out some beers, popcorn. <laughs> So no, no, no. can I offer a thought like about how you said that like because Tima wasn't that flushed of a character you didn't feel much for her. could you say that like I don't know that was kind of the intention you know because like uh yeah she didn't know a lot she basically only knew her name and like some basic few phrases like she was barely able to think as an individual but the fact that uh, she was still, like, able to learn and, like, is, was slowly, like, showing progress, kind of, and then all of that was just, like, taken away, couldn't you say, couldn't you say like, that was kind of the why you would feel for her in the end, I guess? Oh, because, like, I mean, I, I would I'm just definitely, back to... I would definitely, like, acknowledge, like, that is part of what, like, I don't know how, I, I have not read the manga, Um, <laughs> I don't know how, like, different what Tezuka did was from what this director chose to do with this original work but being familiar with his work I would definitely like loss of innocence a like innocent creature who is subjected to things outside of their control because the world is cruel is like a very very classic Tezuka theme um I know I've mentioned this in earlier podcasts but I had to take an anime class to graduate from college and all these nerds did it for fun I love y'all um but I did have to take one uh, also Oh, you did? Hell yeah. Well, so I couldn't... I, we needed the credits. You needed, yeah. the, you needed the credit for sure. I, took I was for not fun. allowed to graduate unless I took this specific class. <laughs> I couldn't choose another cultural <laughs> class. There was no other East Asian Studies classes being offered. It was it was anime or wait a year to graduate, babe. And I was like, nope. Um, anyways, so lots of Tezuka stuff going on because I did a bunch of projects about him and his works. Um, so yes, I'm totally like on board with what it is you're saying, but I also have seen other tests. And again, this could just be like how the director chose to focus on the different narratives that were going on and like the subplots and the like overarching class struggle and like fleshing out the world as opposed to being like, this is a character driven narrative that could definitely have been a choice that they made because like, I know that that is true of a lot of, a lot of other Tezuka works. It's like, Look at this little creature that is adorable and sweet and innocent. Look at the world it's been dropped into. Look at all of the possibilities that it could have had. And now watch it be crushed. But, like, we're still fighting for good because hope exists for a reason. Um, like, there is some inherent good in people and people will persist and innocence and hope and light and goodness and possibilities still exist. Like, this is a whole, like, thing that he does. At the same time, like I said, I think it's something about the direction or the time that is spent on screen and what it's spent doing that I felt like I didn't know Tima very well. Like, I didn't know what it was that she was going to be able to do. Like, exist, yes. But at the same time, I was like, it felt very... There were other characters that I actually was, like, more interested in seeing what was happening to them because... They had something happening. Like, like they had some kind like of motivation. Atlas? She didn't even like... have an extreme will to like live. She wasn't like her. Her dedication was to Kenichi. Is that it, Kenichi? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that that and that was kind of like 
what like struck a little bit hollow for me was I was like yes yeah they love each other cute good but like at the same time it was kind of it it didn't quite hit me in the same way and again it could be a directorial choice it could be different from the source material it could be because the director saw like other like merit in focusing on other storylines and like again like <laughs> class struggle was like a huge thing like the whole people's revolution and all that stuff was like very big in this movie um but yeah I I would say yes ab- sorry Delson <laughs> yes absolutely I was comment at the end <laughs> I caught myself you can edit that um maybe <laughs> but Delson you absolutely have a point um but I also like it doesn't necessarily mean that like those intentions and like that idea carried through in me watching it like I understood what was potentially going on there especially having consumed other Tezuka works but it doesn't necessarily mean that it like hit if that makes sense well I I feel like a lot what was happening is that like it definitely felt like it was like thematic it had some like thematic goals but in general like it was trying to adapt a work and it had a lot of content it needed to adapt and not Mm -hmm that much runtime to adapt it with so it like tried to like it did, tried to do some themes but then it had like had like rock lives the rock and and some other and like can can you can you chi? can you chi? Yep. okay it's a chi uh, not a she chi or gotcha. chi or, <laughs> okay. we're never gonna learn this voice anyway uh they like they were like the main like plot drivers um and like ideally yeah. you would have like I don't know, like Rock like doesn't Rock's like has like his own story and he's like driving the plot for his own reasons. And it doesn't really tie in with Tima that well, I I feel. Um and like other stuff. Uh so it, it definitely feels like Well, isn't Rock's entire thing is that I'm super anti robot. Tima is a robot and will yeah, corrupt my not dad. Tima like so Tima doesn't like really like associate his... with a ro- like she thinks she's human for like ninety percent of the film. And yeah, she, no, she's not. Well, the other yeah. thing is that like I mean like his part of his like personal motivation is like I want my fake dad to love me, and his fake dad is like fuck you, you're not my son, you never have been my son. Stop calling me dad. And he's like okay, dad, um, love me. <laughs> and, like that happens like three separate times and. Like, uh, evil man, Duke man was like, I love Tima because she's Duke like Red. a robot version of my dead daughter, right? So, like, it's robot hate, sure, but that's like an overarching, like, generic. He's a, he's a Nazi just like all the other robot Nazis. Um, <laughs> but like, his yeah, but, personal I mean, thing against Tima is like, hey, my dad loves you. I want him to be my dad. He's not your dad. You're it's probably just displacement. It's probably just like, ah, yeah, my dad's obsessed with robots and. Is like likes robots more than me, so I'm gonna start hating robots and uh, shooting guns at people. Um, but uh, yeah, I I definitely agree. I feel like you know, let's Nick Nick. <laughs> what was your thoughts on the film? Oh my god, <laughs> Nick, yes. I, yeah, I was I was you know I I did it like twice in a row of pumping the brakes on people and getting people mad at me for it before we went into the next part. Hey, of hey. I've never driving. been mad at you on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But, so I'm, I'm also looking over the divergences between manga and anime, and it, it it cites that Duke Red is apparently much crueler in the manga, saying that 
Rock is not his real son and that he doesn't care about him. You know, that thing he does Damn. in the movie multiple <laughs> times anyway. I really don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand that, like, factor as well. Like, I remember um, when Rock abducts Tima to perform, like, experiments on her. After um, the the detective claps, just, like, just beats the ever-living shit out of him, he drops a, a picture of him and Duke Red, like, happily together. It's straight up like a picture of the both of them smiling and shit. So I, my, I'm curious as to like how obviously they're not going to like the, I, the, the I assume it's kind over, of but. like Duke Red took him in while the I real team think... was still alive. And then his reaction to losing his like biological uh, yeah, child was, was to be like, you're not actually my descendant. And then he started rejecting Rock extra hard. Mm. That's or like when Rock started like being like no you're my father and i love you so much he was like no i've lost a child you're not the child i want hmm. that's a that's a valid thought process thank you that is interesting i i know i feel like the other thing is that a lot of what this movie had to do was like not be super explicit about a lot of what was happening and why it was happening like and which is fair like trust your audience and stuff like that but i also feel like it's all like Cristiano said, it's a lot of content to put into this movie and have a cohesive overarching narrative and cohesive like personal character arcs and things like that. So I, I, I think it's sort of at one of those points where it's like, well, you have to either figure out what's going on or like maybe it was better in the past or like maybe he's just something happened, right? Or whatever whatever it is that like triggered that like i think that we know it was different before we know it's shitty now and like that that was the purpose that the photograph served like i don't know that there's unless you like read the manga and choose to adapt the movie differently <laughs> like any way to really answer a lot of questions about like motivation necessarily or like where they come from like we know very little about the detective and kenichi um they're related somehow and that <laughs> they're like you... from japan or something where robot racism is less yeah. bad than it is in metropolis like we know that um but like yeah. other than that like you know we don't know much who hired them do we learn that we probably learned i don't uh, know um we never learned who hired them we just learned they were there to find that doctor and oh good okay that was it <laughs> i was like no did i forget why. something cool yeah i mean so i think that there's like a lot of that that could have been explicit in the manga but who knows now um so yeah I, I i get you i get you uh i've never been mad at you on this podcast did, did you like it <laughs> um, sorry i'm, I'm looking for the topical joke or not the topical joke but the funny reference i was gonna make and i can't find this very specific word so i'm giving up on it and instead i'm gonna say well, it's it's no Bill and Ted one, two, or three, but it was pretty okay. <laughs> like, oh my god, there's only three movies that are Bill and Ted one, two, or three. True. It's no Gershwin. Yeah. <laughs> That's the word, man. Imagine if I'd made that joke correctly. Whatever, <laughs> but yeah, it was all right. The whole robots, like the whole robot racism thing. You consume enough like media for robots, you see it all the time. But this was interesting in that it wasn't like even the people that wanted to rebel against society 
were like, hey, fuck you, robot, to that one robot that was like, hey, this is going to end badly for you, so I'm going to try and stop you, even though there's a hundred million of you and one robot me. They looked at him and they said, class traitor. And they did say yeah, class traitor, and they, they fucking they, ended him. Yeah. Miss that man. Wasn't he kind of like a cop, though? He was a he cop. Was. <laughs> he was a cop robot. So, like, yeah, you don't feel too bad, because ACAB. I mean, you like... do feel bad, though, because like, <laughs> they were racist to him, even though yeah. he was a cop. So, But yeah, like everyone who's mentioned like the insane juggling of plot points, <laughs> there's so many weird plot points. Too many for me to care about, if I'm honest. I was pretty upset when that cleaning robot got shot because workers' rights, I'm for the people with the people. And that robot <laughs> was just trying to help make the world a cleaner place. I missed that robot. Shot. You know, he, he didn't, like, he didn't came die. Back yeah, it was great. Yeah. Fifi? Ha- made a happy little shop of Kanichi. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was also fun- weird. Uh, I remember Fifi was shot like three times initially by rock's gun uh when they first saw each other like you know from i don't know miles away when he was on top of like the uh the balcony or whatever for whatever reason as soon as rock gets into close range his gun becomes a shotgun and then just bursts through uh fifi's metal because i don't know rock's packing the the major heat he has like the now i have a question to magnum do you think Okay, yeah, so you initially called it a shotgun and then commented on how it, it Oh, yeah, my bad. It's a pistol. And then correctly said a gun that would do that. So I'm glad you wrapped around <laughs> to a thing that made sense. Yeah. You know what I mean, though. Fifi, yeah. I mean, the gun, super strong, apparently. a gun. Anyway. That was the future part. That gun blew up so many yeah. things. It's... It's like Galaxy Express uh, 3.9, where that kid is given the best gun in the world, the superest, bestest gun in the world, except Rock just has a random pistol. But it's the superest gun in the world. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, is, is there any other, like interesting points to talk about? I, I would... I, I don't know... I, Y'all seem to have a a, a, dis, a distinct distaste towards Rock. I thought that he was probably one of the best characters in the film. Oh no, Rock was cool. Oh, okay, bad. He was a really good character. He just like, you I know, mean, okay. Fuck him, dude. <laughs> he just had it. He just he just consumed like he just was the movie. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's true. Like we 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 started our podcast off going. This is a movie about some stuff, uh, like robots and racism and stuff, and. Also, a boy with a gun yeah. who blows shit up so much. So, like, the distaste is, like, holy shit, he shot so many people. But, like, love is, like, holy shit, he shot so many people. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's he died for our sins. <laughs> like, normally so. movies like this do a lot of, like, the, oh, what does it mean to be human, blah, blah, blah. And this movie does that with Tima. But so few other things about like robots versus people just have a dude fucking gadding stuff. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, wow. Like, yeah. I mean, they they really there was like some level of like 
oh, you should have a little bit of empathy for this poor kid because his dad is, you know, not is like, I'm not your dad. You're worthless to me. You're cannon fodder. I'll kill you on sight if you make me. And he was like, okay, dad. So like you feel a little bit bad for him, but God damn you this kid kills so many people you just you just kind of like there's no question that he's got issues why do they keep giving him a gun who keeps giving this kid a gun they should really stop doing that um but yeah anyways i mean yeah it's they they just gave him so many like they let him do it the whole time Well, he was part of the militia. And, like, no one else had any guns, really. Like, so few people had guns. It was just... Well, everyone in the militia I mean, had a gun. So... And then even the revolutionary people had, yeah. a gun, had guns. Pero was killed well, so, by a gun. It's funny. We saw, we saw them use guns, like, a few times. But we saw Rock use a gun, like... I mean, I don't, I don't have an actual count here. I feel like somebody should do this, like, an on-screen gun usage count. I'm pretty sure, like, 80% of the guns used in the film were used by Rock. Like, I feel like that. Does that does that seem right, or was he just that memorable? I, I feel like that's right, because the first scene with him is when there's, like, the robot by the the light, and he that first scene with him, he shoots a robot dead. Yeah. Like, right out of the gates. You know what he's about. Uh, Do you any of you... I, I, yeah, yeah. Small sidetrack again. Uh, I'm looking at just the stuff that I wrote down from when I watched the when I watched it again. Um, do you any of y'all remember like what they were gonna do with the ziggurat? It was just like to take over the world, right? Like, I didn't really understand. So, well, when it's just like the sunspots and it does the entire radiation shit that takes out robots, like, I understand. I don't know, I guess it would take well, out- it didn't take out robots, it made them act weird so that he would have a reason to use his militia and like kill the robots and seize power right Mm -hmm. am i remembering that right kind of yeah okay i mean it was something like like that it wasn't just like i shoot my laser and my plan works it's like a facet of how he like gained political power and like did a whole coup but then also also like the super chair lets you control all the robots and take over the world yeah because it was also like even without the taking over the robots we were showing the society like robots doing like almost every job including directing traffic because they didn't have traffic lights which was really funny and so like (laughs) sending all the robots on a rampage brought society to its knees making it really easy to take over so he could have just done it then and just let the robots rampage but he for some reason didn't well, the f- the first rampage was like a byproduct of a test. Yeah, and then the second rampage was like, I guess we'll make this robot kid like do all the rampaging uh, for us. control. Yeah. Like, well, like the thing is, the weird thing is, like when she sat on the chair, she like lost her own personality. Yeah, she just became like a mindless killing machine. Don't. So I gotta, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you what that reminds me of. Um, I've been rewatching Adventure Time, uh, and there's this episode <laughs> of Adventure Time <laughs> with Magic Man, and we find out his backstory with Margles, his wife, and his wife dies in like some horrible, violent way, and he's like, "I'm gonna bring her back as a defense system for the planet. I'm gonna make it look like my wife." 
she's my wife, but she's just a robot. She's just a robot to defend the planet, but she's also my wife. Yeah, and, but and Tima's like, like an actual character, like act well, has like, personality before. Was, do we know that that's what she was supposed to be, or was she just supposed to be that? Because like the the whole first scene was the doctor, uh, like creepy doctor science man, telling the Duke <laughs> that Tima wouldn't be ready for another week or something like that because he was gonna kidnap her because he's some like gross ass creep who was like my perfect robot, I love yeah. you. And then Rock screws all of his plan up by coming in and marking him. him and. Yeah lighting the whole place on fire with his gun um so like like i do we know like i don't know that we know that tima was supposed to be a person like she came out so like empty and new and un see i feel like the her, knowledgeable i feel like her goal According there to the wiki oh. she was not supposed to be a person in the manga. yeah mm-hmm. so like, like i th- i think she nice was in the anime but in exactly it's like you're not a person you're here for the device yeah, like, and and it's the same kind of like you got something repressed in you. Like this, <laughs> he's like, I don't care about my dead daughter, and like again, the Adventure Time reference. I don't care about my dead wife, and it's like, bro, you made your planet defense system mm-hmm. look like your dead wife. Um, I think you do care, and he's like, no, 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 no. And like the movie has those same kind of vibes where it's like my beautiful planetary defense system. It just so happens that I made you look exactly like my dead daughter. I don't. I'm not hung up on anything like that. That kind of so like. I thank you for the for the wiki backup on that. I was pretty sure that it's like she's not supposed to be her own person. Yeah. So, okay, well that that makes more sense. But it, it was pretty dumb in this movie. I, valid. I have to say, so valid. Um, I, I guess we only... got like, Terminator choking our main character out over like an exploding background, and it was pretty it sick. Was, so it looks and pretty cool. Beautiful. I can't stop loving it. Ah, that song made me oh, sad yeah. for a while. Oh yeah. Oh God! Again, be- why did it make you sad? Because just when the explosion went off, as Rock was like, "Ah, no, they're not gonna kill you. I, if someone's gonna kill no, you, well, I'm gonna I do it." Yeah, and he presses the button, and then it's so God. It was an emo- it was like the a- that was a- actually like the apex of the the climax of the movie. That- that's when it like really started to just like hit its tip, and I don't know. It it made me emotional. Every time I added that song to my playlist, and I was, every time I heard it, I was just like, damn, now I'm thinking about this movie again, and I have to watch it for the podcast again, whatever that's going to be. Uh, we're over it now, though. Rock died for our sins, and it was a very emotional <laughs> moment when he pressed Rock the self-destruct button. His own sins. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, he died for the sins of, like, Duke? his father Him and bo- his making father, a robot yeah. that, true, like... True, true. Very true. Did, like, uh, ended the world and, like, hurt people. and Yeah. Yeah, that's really dumb. Like, that's such a dumb goal. What a dumb goal. <laughs> God. <laughs> I wish they expanded um, upon that a little bit. Like, I don't know. At le- Like, at least, like, in, in, like, Ava, you have the crazy group of people that want to, like, do this world-ending shit. Like, they, t- they, they talk about it a little bit. Instead of just going, uh, yeah, okay. So I gotta, I gotta world. say something too, real quick about like this adaptation. Something that I notice when I read Tezuka works is he's not like subtle, like in his manga <laughs> and and works that he's like been directly involved in adapting. Like he, is, this man is not subtle. Like he just says what he wants to say. He's like, "Hey, war is bad." Mic drop. Like mm-hmm. that's his style. 
he says his message. He's like not coy about what he's trying to do. But I feel like there was a lot of like the way that this movie played out. There was probably a lot of lines in the manga that Tezuka was just like, here's the moral you're supposed to get now. And they like some character probably just said that, but we didn't have a lot of those like overt, here's what you're supposed to focus on moments. Here's what's happening moments. And like, it's not that that's always a bad thing. Like sometimes that stuff leaves you like with this like light feeling of like contemplation. But at the same time, like a lot of Tezuka works, it's like, just fucking say it because you know, like it's pretty blatant and you should probably just follow through with that. So some directorial choices, I'm sure led to some like, omission of just very blatant telling you what the message is supposed to be um okay it's getting late so i completely forgot why i started saying that but i just had to mention that because there was a lot of times when i felt like it was supposed to just get said (laughs) like somebody was just supposed to say something really obvious um but yeah anyways uh i think those i pretty much wrapped up all of my thoughts i'm sure i could find more to comment on do you have any more notes delson Delson with the notes? Uh, no. But uh, I do remember, <laughs> Minnow, I do remember from when you were talking earlier, God, you said something like um, there were so many different uh, characters who had like different plot points and just kind of jumping between all of them or something along those lines. Uh, I don't know if you can reiterate that real quick. I mean, it's it's not I you know it would be great if I could but I can't remember what I was talking about less than two minutes ago. It was also like something. So I'll do my best. I think it was also something um, relative to like the pacing as of, well. If that. Oh yeah. So the, I mean I think, it's hard to explain because again it has been a month and we did have major buffering problems when we were watching it as a group, and then I never rewatched really it myself. So like that's partially on me. Um, but I felt like the scene, the way that it worked in these like individual scenes with like small interactions between characters like ended up moving at this like slow micro pace while also needing this to like drive this huge plot like we didn't see i mean we had a couple of scenes of like what was happening around the city like the uprisings coup happening things like that but at the same time it was like I, to me it felt like i was watching a lot of s- small individual interactions between like less than four characters yeah like i think right so um i when i said jumping around i i'm not sure if i actually said jumping around or but what i'm kind of thinking of what, is what cristiano brought up which was like there's a lot of people who want a lot of things it's like this huge complex political system in place like they described how he was going to coo why he was cooing who he was coo like so much to focus on and then on top of that we have revolutionaries on top of that we have like people who are bystanders on top of that um and it's just like a lot a lot a lot of layers of people I'm supposed to be keeping track of um so like I felt like I was balancing this huge like political like deep world stuff with like these very small individual character interactions and like those were the same thing like I was learning about how things were happening on this huge, like, global scale. What I'm saying is, like, actually making sense. I'm just trying to think of what I was remembering and, like, how it felt to me. Like, the president is in three scenes. The intro scene, the one where him and his guys are like, oh, here's our plan to get rid of Duke Red. (laughs) And then when he dies during the failed revolution, 
because yeah and the revolution is explained in that second one kind of where they're like perfect we'll do this setup and have the idiots in the slums revolt first and then (laughs) that's it then the poor people revolt well, there was also the scene with Atlas, the the main revolutionary, and then the sidekick to the president, Big T. Yeah, guy. they're like uh, they talked in like gutters, the boat the yeah. one time. We were like, yeah, yeah. But um, going off of what Mino said, I was going to say that like uh, I actually really enjoyed, um, I guess that way of transitioning between each like scene or that pacing or whatever. Uh, with having you know three or four characters on screen at a given time and i was like very very much paying attention to this because like they were all on screen for each scene for like maybe five to seven minutes it would be like it wouldn't be that long of an interaction but it would slowly like push the plot forward for each group and i actually really enjoyed it because i don't know uh i feel like you know most films are there it's consistent um main character and maybe like two or three side characters and they're doing their one thing throughout the entire film. But having all of these side stories kind of, like, build up together, it made for, I don't know, it made it very engaging, at least for me, who has a awful attention span. I, I couldn't, like, look away for five minutes because I would be like, oh, shit, the detective dude just went on screen. Something happened. Well, I guess I got to rewind it for, like, the, the 15th time. So, that yeah. note, imagine if it didn't, if it only followed Kenichi and Tima. For the whole, it'd be so it would boring. Be a twenty-minute <laughs> oh film, and it would be <laughs> the lab explosion. The the chase by rock. They meet Atlas. Uh, they get separated, and you see Tima get like kidnapped twice, and then the end happens. Yeah, I like. This I don't sucks. think it's bad is, that there's a so lot boring. happening and a lot to care about, and like an overarching political narrative. And it's like these two little kids. Like, I mean, I, I don't think they're that little, but like these two littleish kids. Were, like caught up in this huge like messy situation um but it is like difficult to tell the kind of story that they're telling um through just these like small ca- and 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 it fell somewhere right in the that middle where they had well. this large thing happening but they also were trying to do these character studies almost like where they were like really wanting to push that these characters were individuals like they were people let's observe them here's what they're doing but they also were very much like representative of their political interest as like they spoke for a whole group like it was it was difficult to like it fell right in the middle for me because i don't i know what you're saying delson and i do like that kind of storytelling where we feel like we're spending time with them it did feel like in moments things were progressing at real world in real world time like we weren't just like skipping through days and weeks and months or whatever like we were spending time with them we were playing through the minutes with them which is like an interesting thing to do i suppose and like also allows you to see those characters and be with those characters but also we were dealing with so much stuff (laughs) and so many layers of plot and motivation and interest and keeping track of all of that through those scenes was like a lot (laughs) so like it's not bad because it does kind of feel like an experience that you're swept along with and like you are just being like it's a barrage of things that like you feel like you're with them you're like oh my god I have to keep track of all of this this is so much which could be like you could argue as a positive thing but also it's like 
I lost track of what was happening like six times. I know we were paused while it was buffering and we were like, wait, so he's doing what with the who? Yeah. Um, so like I, I... <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. After like the first watch, I got I I knew for like from the get go that I got a uh, gecko that I had to like rewatch <laughs> it because I I didn't know what the ziggurat was. Yeah, so like for, I don't like, think the it's first half an hour of the bad. I think they're making oh, choices so to like yeah. have that kind of flow, have that kind of pacing, explore it in this way. But also like I I wouldn't say it failed necessarily, but like it doesn't necessarily serve the other aspects of the film super well. So like I don't think it's bad that you enjoyed it. I think that makes a lot of sense, and it is like. It, it it felt still in the middle of this like war unrest that, revolutionary uprising like we had these moments of just like stillness um which is like i'm sure it's very important or something like that thematic or whatever like <laughs> yeah but like at the same time i'm like okay screen. i for- i completely forgot who was doing what is that the president yes that's the president wait whose militia is that um yeah so i i felt like that you asked about jumping around and it's not so much jumping around. Like I didn't feel like there was too many people, but yeah, hopefully I explained myself well enough. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. I just wanted to just, uh, to add on to that point because like, I don't know. I, I felt for it. I, I uh, as I said before, I enjoyed uh, engaging with each two or three characters from, from point to point to point. And not only that, it also offered, um, you get a like a nice look at the world as well, uh, because every time they transition from group to group, or I guess yeah, two for two or three people to two or three people, they would also be in like a new area or a new zone or whatever, and you'd be able to see more and more of Metropolis, either it being like, uh, the gutter or um the detective and Pero when they were at like the uh, what is it called the uh, fuck, the cafeteria like food vendor space where he almost got boxed by uh by from eating ice cream or something like that or to the the president and his uh little heidi split uh, <laughs> that being like his mansion I or whatever mean, yeah his office or the mansion it was I, whatever it was you know what very I mean. very gorgeous yeah i think i interrupted I, I, the film like mm. six times being like oh my god it's so beautiful <laughs> um and it was like very rich i think we got stuck on uh we were buffering on an image of like one of the above ground areas and i it must have been like what like 10 minutes into the film not even and i was like they are like really filling this world like they are (laughs) making it real like these are not sets this is a world um it definitely felt like that absolutely gorgeous artistic direction in that like loved it (laughs) i think the most important point that we haven't hit is the absolute jam that the firefighting robots had. <laughs> oh my god. That, that was very off. good. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I thought it was gonna be horrible alarm. Quite- oh sound, yeah. No, that was Ah, those firefighting robots, <laughs> they can get it. They made an entire beat. <laughs> god, I, I love when like the soundtrack Im- like like implements the like 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 commonly no, like like either like like going downstairs or a fire engine or a fire or, what's it called siren or like, like the, the police siren like it's really fun when a soundtrack can like without just playing that sound or or maybe even like a phone call like sound like like 
everyday sounds that you might hear that like are easily recognizable. It's really fun when they can like put that into a a soundtrack like that. <laughs> um, fucking love it. Every every movie that does that, <laughs> it's so epic. Uh, and this had like like did they yeah, like transform they, they, into like, thing? It was so wild. So it was like oh. It was like a main robot that like came from wherever to the scene of the fire. And then a bunch of mini robots showed up out of absolutely nowhere combined with the main robot creating like a, a, a hydrant. It's crazy. I don't know. Fucking bigger robot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Future stuff. Sick. It was a masterpiece. Future stuff. Future stuff. But like, yeah. It was like future stuff. Like. I know it's because it's from 1949 and then 2001. 2001. But I love old future oh, concepts. Oh, I know what you mean. Because, like, yeah. If if this if these firefighting robots had been made and like conceived now, they'd shoot like liter- like liquid nitrogen or something dumb like that. <laughs> we just get chrome. Similarly, <laughs> that's true. Where it was really cool, and I'm not going to say anything <laughs> bad about Promare because it was awesome, and I love that movie. But they, yeah, but like Promare, where they have like the super anti-fire tech and stuff like that, instead of just a bunch of funny robots that make a big <laughs> fire hydrant or radio, like a robot that yeah, like traffic. analog mixed with future. Hell yeah! Like feel I you, that. I feel you. The one thing, my one, okay, you know, I've I've said some like minor gripes this is not to say i did not enjoy the movie like i said love sitting with like atmospheric stuff and i'm like whoa okay i'm really feeling it world immersion anyways my one my biggest problem with this movie was that fucking cgi fish <laughs> when they were in the office that was the oh, worst God. part of the movie everything else is <laughs> you know i could complain yeah. because that's what i do but it was it was it was a good movie except for that goddamn cgi fish that's it. That's all my thoughts. Thoughts head empty. He's just swimming. Thoughts out. Swimming all done. In the big fish tank. Yeah, I forgot about that fish. <laughs> I like blocked it. Out. Worst part of well, the movie. Other than that, great. <laughs> I have no other thoughts on the matter. Oh my god. Those five seconds that the fish was on screen. It really yes. like for all of you guys. Everything else is just beautifully crafted, like hand drawn. Too bad stuff. they didn't. Too bad that it's like the first stupid fish ruined the whole movie. That's not true. Ruin the whole movie. I'm being sarcastic. It's unwatchable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for recommending it, Dawson. I've been meaning to watch it for like years and years and years because I love Tezuka stuff. Like that. Same. I've I I inherited it from my college professor, and I didn't think I would, but then I did, and I was like, damn it! Now I like. All of the works of Tezuka Osamu. Damn it. Uh, and then you slowly infect me with like, like this one. And I, I know. Oh my god. I'm, I'm very proud of myself for that one. I know what I'm making us watch next. If my media ever gets picked by the fates, <laughs> which I'm um, unsuccessful so far. If you're actually still watching our podcast, A, I love you. Or wait, watching. Oops. Listening to our podcast. A, I love you. And B, um, I don't know, like, pray for me. Don't do animal sacrifice. That's not cool. But I don't know, like. Get on the Twitter. Dox <laughs> me and Delson every day until 
we uh, until my media gets picked. Until we, I'm gonna um, yeah. I'll I'll start a Twitter this week. Until the random selection. I, I'll start Minnow. a Twitter this week that says days since Minnow's media didn't get picked, and we'll watch a whole calendar year go by together. <laughs> but that's why it's random. That's why it's roulette. So. I, I love that we say that it's random, and it's like, it was one of the first two were votes, that's right. Oh. <laughs> and then it was, God, it was mine, and then it was Delson and Delson. Okay, so I guess. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's going to be a third time, too. Just wait no, for it, no, it's no, going to no, be no. great. Minnow Supremacy will reign. <clears throat> I hope so. Because I've got some good picks. You say that. I'm just saying. I made I made Nick watch Dororo, and there is no regret there. So. That was so <laughs> good. I have tape. Like I don't. Oh, hot take time! I don't know if it was just because I came off of oh, watching God. Demon mm. Slayer and Demon Slayer was we like. We don't want it. <laughs> but then Dororo. I don't mean better. to alienate yeah, any of our fans. That's why it's at the end of the episode. <laughs> well, yeah, they'll this. never know. They'll never. know. They'll never catch us shit talking Demon Slayer. <laughs> all, all of our two uh, viewers that watch. I'm sorry. Demon Slayer now. I, I don't. <laughs> that, don't worry, you guys. Those two viewers stay. Just know that I like Demon Slayer. I have a lot of the books, so maybe one day I'll force these guys to read it. And even though I know they don't want to, just for just for funsies for you guys. All three of you. I I have four fingers up right now, but Well, I'm excited. I'm, I'm thinking of oh, yeah. <laughs> Press the like Press button. The like button if you want to go on Twitter. Go on to my Twitter and I don't know. Send me a message and say you guys should do Demon Slayer. And we won't. Go on our Patreon, go to the $25 tier, and the instant that we hit $100, doesn't matter whose turn it's supposed to be, most likely will be either Minnows or Christianos. Uh, <laughs> we'll strategically wait to the Demon Slayer. <laughs> the, the robot <laughs> media for the first time in 10 years. We've been running this podcast for 10 uh, years. We just, hit a we just hit $100 on Patreon, sorry. <laughs> My villain origin story. <laughs> or Patreon, story. if you're a, if you're a Magnus Archives listener. Oh my god. <laughs> I love how they say Patreon in England. It's so funny to me. I don't love how they say any other word. That's another hot take. Can't stand how oh British people gosh. talk. <laughs> well, we're going to devolve very soon. So I, once again, if you've made it this far, I'm impressed and also, I love you. I'm sending you love and kisses. And I hope I see you guys soon. Well done. Pray for me and my media, please. A potential double feature for March if we get another episode out fast enough. To Would love to. Yo, true. Um, Spoiler you're going to have to edit out all of my drink slurping sounds, Nick, so... Well, I haven't heard any, so I think Craig's got my back. Love kisses. Yeah, Craig. Craig bye. has not gotten it. But uh, bye. bye. <laughs> Where can anyone find any of you on the internet? You'll have oh, to right. hunt me yeah. down. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Minnow, one day one I'll day, have a Twitter. Someone will find you on the internet. Well, Minnow just outed themselves. Uh, that Christiana. One you day you can find me on 
fucking Twitter is D3LTA dot exe. Um, description for description? the episode and Question also mark? every other episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, Christian. I meant like every other time. I feel like you've been like one day I'll make a YouTube channel. Oh yeah, one day I'll make a YouTube channel, and it'll be linked to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, join our Patreon. Um, um, if we get like enough <laughs> money into the fifty dollar tier, we can confirm Cristiano will make a Patreon and have weekly episodes. I keep recording things and then going, eh, this is kind of <laughs> bad. I'm not releasing it. I like that you keep talking about this fabled fifty dollar tier when it's gonna be five cent and ten cent <laughs> tiers. <laughs> <laughs> you have to set the bar high, you know. Like I, I have a lot of faith in our in our like seven viewers. One of them might be a seventy year old, rich retired person who just wants to donate a little bit of money here and there. I'm just saying, hello, my name is Delson. <laughs> I am poor. My cash app, uh, <laughs> and I, yeah. <laughs> Please support us. And uh, as always, you can find me at. Uh, Nick Rose Tulio on Twitter, which I think it's at Shady Kid, but good luck spelling that right. Anyway, search uh various fan fiction websites for Nick if you find them. Um, I don't know. Go into their comments and say that you came from the podcast, and I don't know. Nick will add your uh your OC into their <laughs> into their next work. Now, okay, that is an issue, me. And some am I? <laughs> there's not a lot of Naruto characters outside the Leaf Village, and so when you make stuff that happens outside the Leaf Village, you have to make a lot of characters, and it's very difficult. So in that instance, yes, please connect with me and give me your Naruto OCs to put in my fictions. Alrighty. I have, uh, yeah, got a, got a blast. <laughs> got a blast. <laughs> I hope I see you guys again this month. Bye. And if this is Obama, I'm happy that you're listening.